0: following audio is for Emanuel Baptist Church. More information about Emanuel is available at our website, www.myemanuel.net. Holy Spirit has led to us uh, Jeff and Carrie House. And when you look in your bulletin insert there, you'll see that we've asked Jeff to serve as our pastor of adult ministries. And many of you don't know Jeff yet. I hope you'll get a chance to get to know him. But this morning, I've asked him if he would come and bring God's message to us. Would you give Pastor Jeff House a very warm welcome? Thank you, Jeff. All righty. Well, my wife and I are truly grateful that the Lord would allow us to have the opportunity to serve with each and every one of you here at Emmanuel. We're excited about it, excited about the ministry and what the Lord has for us, but also for Emmanuel as well. If you take your Bible, open up to Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5 is where we'll be at, just kind of a launching point, and we're going to be using our Bibles today, and so if you have a Bible or your um, electronic device, or uh, you could just uh, listen as we read along, Um, we're going to be talking about a couple different things today. ever had an opportunity to go on a trip of a lifetime or a vacation of a lifetime? Uh, We had an opportunity, this was a few years ago, Uh, it was my grandparents' 75th anniversary and all the family from, we have people that live all over the country and we all came to one place and uh, about 47 of us and we spent three days there with my grandparents, um, just Really, just being thankful uh, for, for their life and their he- godly heritage that they had uh, given to each and every one of us. And it was one of those things that I would mark down as a trip of a lifetime. But the problem with trips of a lifetime or adventures of a lifetime is they're temporary. And a lot of times it's hard to recreate those. Well, I'd like to talk to you just for a few moments and encourage you on a walk of a lifetime. A walk of a lifetime that's not temporary, but something that it can be permanent in your life, something that each and every day will be an adventure, and this walk of a lifetime that I'm talking about is a walk with God. Let's look here at Genesis chapter 5. I start reading in verse 21. The scripture says this, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years. And that other sons and daughters, thus all the years, are the days of Enoch, were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Here, Enoch was really, he's an amazing man. We don't read a whole lot about him in the scriptures. He's actually only mentioned twice in the scriptures, once here and once in the New Testament. But what we find out about Enoch is, speaks volumes to his walk with the Lord and his relationship with God, there's some kind of some special things, just some informational things we find out about Enoch. He was one of only two people in the scriptures where the phrase itself says that he walked with God. Now we know that there was many people that walked with God, had relationships. Think of the apostles and other people as well that believed in God. But for some reason, the Lord only mentions it twice. Here with Enoch and then Genesis chapter 6 with Noah. It's also mentioned there that Noah walked with God. Enoch also... He was one of only two men that the scripture shows us that never died. Here, as we just read in our passage, the scripture says that Enoch walked with God and he was not, for the Lord took him. And it uh, gives us the impression that he didn't die. And, uh, and really just this idea that the Lord took him and he was not, meaning basically it means they couldn't find him. Enoch went out, maybe went on a walk, and, um, and he was walking with the Lord. However the situation, I don't know how it all came to be, but it basically gives us the idea that he went out and he never came home because uh, the Lord took him. The only other person that we know from scriptures that didn't die was Elijah. And uh, over in 2 Kings in chapter 2, we can read the story of Elijah. And Elijah was a prophet of God. And, and if you remember the story of Elijah, he was, it was his time to leave and uh, Elisha was there with him. Um, uh, Elijah was mentoring him, and we know the scripture says that a chariot of fire came out of heaven and took Elijah and he went on to heaven. He didn't die either. But well, we find some great things about Elijah, when, excuse me, about Enoch when we're speaking here, about this. Walk with God. And I'd like to talk to you about just four things, really, uh, that we can look at in this passage of Scripture, really just kind of three and then four on a different uh, vein. But we find here that, first of all, I want us to look at what it would imply to walk with God. If you're walking with God, if you think of somebody that's walking with God, there are certain things that would imply that walking with God. First of all is this, a walk with God would imply a reconciliation, A reconciliation. If you take your Bible and go to Romans in chapter 5. Romans in chapter 5. We're going to read just a few verses and we'll look here what the scripture says about this. Romans chapter 5. I like to start reading in verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. By his life. The scripture shows us here that this reconciliation kind of gives us two places in our life. One, that we were enemies against God. And the scripture says that because we were enemies against God, that God sent his son Jesus to reconcile us unto him, unto the Father. So you're either an enemy of God. Or you're a child of God. And that's just what the scripture shows us here. And the scripture would tell us here, a walk with God would imply a reconciliation. There's a small book in the prophets called Amos. Amos was a prophet, and he he spoke to the Israelite people. And the Israelite people, one of their struggles that they had all throughout history was they had struggles with idols, and they were idolatrous people. And it was it was just kind of a roller coaster uh, ride with, with the children of Israel where they were in tune with the Lord, and then they'd fall back into idolatry. And well, Amos was prophesying to them, bringing judgment to them. And here, they're supposed to be God's people, but they're following idols. And Amos says this to them. He asks them a question. He says... Um, can two walk together except they be agreed? You can't say that you're God's people if you're going to live in idolatry. And that's the same way that we find here with a walk with God. I can't have a walk with God if I'm not living for God. I can't say that I'm, a, I'm walking with God if I'm not willing to follow God. If I'm not willing to walk with Him. And that's what the scripture says here. We have to be agreed. A walk with God would presume or imply a reconciliation. We find another passage about this as well. Just over the next chapter, in chapter 6 of Romans, the scripture says this, starting in verse 1, that what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin, that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. What do we find here? We see this reconciliation. The time when we weren't a child of God. But then we asked Christ. We gave our life to the Lord. We accepted Christ as our Savior. And we start this walk of a lifetime. A walk with God would imply reconciliation the second thing i want us to see here that would imply a walk with god is this a walk with god would imply a spiritual fitness a spiritual fitness take your bible and go to first peter first peter excuse me second peter second peter and we'll read in chapter one here but second peter in chapter one and i'd like to start reading in verse three now we're talking about a spiritual fitness Let's walk with God. Verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. By which he has granted to us this precious and very great promises. So that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires for this very reason. Make every effort to supplement your faith. and Jesus Christ. What the scripture says here, spiritual fitness, that he says that we should be adding to our faith. And he goes through a list and gives us a list of six or seven things that we should be adding to our faith. So I'm saved. I've accepted Christ into my heart and has saved me. I'm starting this walk of a lifetime. And with my faith, then I need to start adding these other things. They use the term here, supplement. And uh, we do that. Let's make application to our life physically. Okay. We Maybe take supplements or vitamins or anything like that. And if I can give you any advice at all, any supplement on hair growth does not work. I've tried it. Don't waste your money. It's not going to happen. But we expect that if we exercise, we expect that if we're exercising in our physical life, that there would be a change in our life. I've got one of these watches. Uh, it's, uh, maybe you have an iFit or, or, a, or, or Fitbit, I guess is what it's called, or an iPhone watch. Or, um, but what it does is it, one of the things it does is it counts your steps. And right after I got it, I thought this was the coolest thing and I would I would go home. I'd be really proud. I'd come home from a long day at work, and I'd look at my watch, and man, it showed 12,000 steps, and I walked four miles, supposedly. And, uh, and we just kept going on and on. And I think my wife kind of got tired of hearing about it. Came home one time, and I said, I said, Carrie, you won't believe this. I walked 19,000 steps. I mean, that, that's like 12 miles. And my wife, she's such an encouragement, she said, I think your watch is broken, <laughs> is what she told me. Why? Because if I was doing that, there should be a change, right? Okay, thank you. So... The fact of the matter is this, that we expect there to be a change in our life. If I'm exercising, if I'm working out, if I'm doing those things, I expect there should be a change. If I'm a Christian and I'm walking with God and I'm growing in grace, I'm growing in knowledge and I'm adding to my faith these things, I expect there should be a change in my Christian life. This watch thing that I was talking about, I think just a couple weeks ago, this happened and I was course I knew what I was going to preach and and uh, the Lord kind of just gave this to me it was just kind of funny but the fact is I was at my job I pretty much just drive a forklift for about three or four hours at the beginning of the day and then I go out and I drive truck and and uh, and on those forklifts just got a little steering wheel and you're sitting there turning that steering wheel all day and just so you know that's where my steps were coming from and uh, but I was sitting there and I was working a trailer pulling freight out of this trailer and all of a sudden my watch goes off and I look down, it says. You must be exercising. And I was like, yep, that's the way I exercise. And uh, there's no wonder. Uh, that we'll leave that alone. But the fact of the matter is this, that there should be a spiritual fitness in our life. If we're walking with God, we should be adding to our faith these things. Thirdly, we see here that a walk with God would imply a surrendered will. A walk with God would imply a surrendered will. Take your Bible and go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, back in the Old Testament... Jeremiah in chapter 10. As you're turning there, I'll give you a little bit of information about Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet. Actually, he was one of the prophets to um, the tribe of Judah. And uh, when they were in exile in Babylon, and Jeremiah didn't really have, I mean, he had a rough go at it there. We know that Jeremiah, another name that he's called, is many people liken him to the weeping prophet. And uh, Jeremiah struggled as he was following the Lord, as he was the job that was given to him. He struggled in it and there was times when he felt down and there was times when things weren't going his way and, and really times when um, the nation of the tribe of Judah wasn't very nice to him, even though he was supposed to be their prophet. And we find here in Jeremiah in chapter 10, Jeremiah is coming through one of these difficulties in his life. And I'd like to start reading in verse 19 of Jeremiah chapter 10. The scripture says this. Woe is me because of my hurt. My wounds is grievous. But I said truly this is an affliction that I must bear it. My tent is destroyed and all my cords are broken. And my children have gone from me and they are not. And there, is no, there is no one to spread my tent again. And to set up my curtains. For the shepherds are stupid and do not inquire of the Lord. Therefore they are not prospered. And all their flock is scattered. A voice, a rumor. Behold, it comes, a great commotion out of the north country to make the cities of Judah a desolation, a lair of jackals. I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself, that it is not in man who walks to direct his steps. Correct me, O Lord, but in justice, not in your anger, lest you bring me to nothing. Jeremiah, you can almost tell in his heart just his sorrow that he had for The nation of judah and for the people of judah for his and for his people they were struggling they didn't turn back to the lord it was judgment was coming and here he was kind of found himself in some self-pity as we read there in verse 19 as he says woe is me and he kind of goes through all of the problem that's that he's having but he wants us to understand as we look here back in verse 23 he says i know O lord that the way of man is not in himself that it is not in man who walks to direct his steps. Jeremiah says this, Lord, I know that this might not have been the path that I would have taken, but I do know that this is your will for my life. Sometimes in our lives, as we, on this walk of a lifetime, things might not necessarily turn out the way you think. There might be physical issues that come up, there might be financial issues, there might be family issues, whatever the situation might be that comes into your life and you say, well God I'm trying to do my best to follow you, I'm trying to do my best to have this walk with you, I'm trying to do my best to to live right, I'm, I'm trying everything that I know to do, but Lord it's your will. And sometimes the walk of the Lord would imply a surrendered will saying, Lord, I know, or this isn't easy for me, Lord, but I know that you know what's best for my life. I know that you love me. I know that you care for me. I know that you provide for me, Lord. I know that you protect me. And a lot of times when we get our eyes off of our problems and we can look at the Lord, it's easier to be surrendered to his will. Well, as we continue on here, what then would be the result of, of a walk with God. We looked at what a walk of God would imply, what it should look like. What then would be the results of a walk of God? Well, first of all, we see here that a walk of God should show some spiritual muscle growth. Just like we talked about before, if I exercise, there should be a change in my life the same way as my Christian life, as I live for the Lord and I'm walking with God and, and all those things. And there's gonna be times in my life where my faith is gonna be stretched and my faith is gonna be, um, is going to be Tested And it's going to be pressured. And, and the scripture tells us that we need to find joy in trials, and in temptations. Why? Because those are the things that help our faith to increase. A spiritual muscle growth. Go back to 1 Peter in chapter 3. We were in chapter 2, or excuse me, 2 Peter in chapter 2. But I want to go to chapter 3 here with this point here. Chapter 3. I'd like to start reading in verse 14 of chapter 3. The Bible says, Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these... Be diligent to be found in him without spot or blemish, and at peace, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul, who also wrote to us according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. These are, there are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and the unstable twist to their own destruction." as they do the other scriptures. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of the lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We find here in this passage here, the scripture tells us that we are supposed to grow in grace. And the, the scripture says we've got to watch out. We need to be stable. We would understand that as a Christian, as we grow in our Christian life, our faith should be increased. Not only that, but our beliefs and what we know about God, we should be able to build stability in our life. One of those things that we're not tossed to and throw with the difficulties that come into our life because, why? Because maybe we've gotten victory in our life. There are sins that maybe I struggled with years past, but I don't struggle with them anymore. Because why? Because I've been given victory over those things. I've seen God work. I've seen God work in my life, and maybe you have too. And you've seen that you've got these victories in your life, and through that, we would call that spiritual muscle growth. A time when you're you're growing in the grace and the knowledge, and through that, you become a stable Christian. There should be muscle growth. Secondly, we see here, That we should be healthy in spirit. I'd like to read a passage to you, Psalms chapter 43 and verse 5. David's speaking here, and David struggled a lot like Jeremiah did, and he struggled in his life. He was being chased by Saul and living in caves, and he just and he had a rough time. I mean, his son rebelled against him and really tried to take over his throne, took over his throne. I mean, David had a difficult life, and here he is. He's speaking. i just like to read this one verse to you. Chapter 43 and verse 5. He says this, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? He's talking to himself here. And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God, David was struggling at this time. If we could have read up a little bit farther, we could have seen that, that he was talking about some enemies that were after him. And, and he really struggled with it. And, but then he came to the realization, it's almost like he came to himself and said, wait a minute, David. What do you, what do you, what's the problem here? Don't you know that God loves you? Don't you know that you're a child of God? Don't you know that God will take care of you? God will protect you? And that's what he's saying here. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why are you feeling this way? Hope in God. And we have a hope in God. And we find here that not only should there be muscle growth as with a walk with God, but we should also be healthy in spirit. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be great and, and wonderful, but it does mean this, that I know who God is. And I know that God can take care of me. And I know that God desires for my best. David was focused on his enemies and when he was struggling, but he came to his senses and said, hope in God. The last thing that we see here is that we should be a witness for Christ. What would be the result of a walk with God? That we should be a witness. I'd like to read another passage in Psalms. David again struggling here. I like David because um, I can correlate a lot of times. I can relate to his life, like many of you can as well, that these times of victories and these times of, of downfall, and we just and here he says again, he says, as he's speaking to the Lord, he says, Lord, you have delivered me, for thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God? In the light of the living. David said this. He says, Lord, I know that I've struggled. Lord, you know the enemies that are around me. You know the people that want to tear me down. But Lord, would you help me? Would you keep my feet from falling? And he says, basically for this one purpose, that I can walk in you, walk with you in the light of the living. David saying, Lord, would you help me to stay right with you so that I can be a witness to a lost and dying world? David Desired to be a witness for Christ. Well, I mentioned the fact that Enoch was mentioned two times in the scriptures. One we read already, Genesis chapter 25. The second time I'd like to read to you. It's in Hebrews in chapter 11. I'd like to go there real quick. If you don't mind, Hebrews in chapter 11. In Hebrews, they... um, Hebrews is, chapter 11 is known as the hall of faith. And a lot of times we read about people in the scriptures from the Old Testament that, that did what we would consider great acts of faith and as God considered as well. And we find Enoch in that passage as well. Hebrews chapter 11 and in verse 5, I'd like to read this verse to you. It says here, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended, As having pleased God. Another great passage we read about Enoch here. Not only did we find out that he walked with God, but the scripture says he was known as a person or commended or he had the testimony of a person that pleased God. I want you to have a walk of a lifetime. That's what I want for my own life. Something that is daily, a time of a relationship and building that relationship with the Lord and you can have that God desires to have that with you and I want to encourage you to do that not just in this next year we don't have to wait till January the 1st you can start today Thank you for listening to audio from Emmanuel Baptist Church located in Billings Montana Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Emmanuel, please visit us online at www.myemanuel.net.